Hello and welcome again to the, another episode of Quadrants of Mental Health. And today I have as my special guest, Mr. Wendell Cheatham Jr. Excuse me, W.L. Cheatham Jr., a good friend of mine. And today we're going to be talking about finance as a part of mental health. And I'm going to show you how finance plays a role in the development of mental health. But before I get into that, I want to read you a little bit of Mr. Cheatham's bio. Um, I always have my guests come in. I want to promote them and what they're doing. He has 40 years of experience in fin as a financial professional. He received a bachelor's degree in marketing from Fairfield University, earned a master's degree in business education from Virginia State. Go Trojans. Hey. All right. Um, after college, he gained um, hands-on experience working for top companies such as Prime America and Allianz. Allianz. I don't know why I always want to mess that name up, but um, <laughs> I, I tend to do that a lot. So Mr. Cheatham has very well and diverse background in finances, primarily in insurance, but also he's um, owned real estate property, businessman, entrepreneur in his own right. Um, he's involved in a successful network marketing company that he's um, working with. How long have you been with that company? The network market. Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yeah. So we want to talk about finances as it relates to mental health, because we know I always say this being broke in America is like starving in a grocery store. And there are so many opportunities out there for us to create wealth, to, to create what we want to talk about today. Also, is creating generational wealth. How can we create generational wealth? Not just think about myself and say, oh, I'm good, but put ourselves in a position that we can leave money and resources for our children's children, not just ourselves. You know, so many times we, you know, when you talk to people about money, they look at themselves and they, they recognize that their job is not enough. It's never going to be enough. When you work a job, you're building someone else's dream. But are they willing to step out and do something for themselves? You know, you're self-employed for the most part, right? You That's don't, true. You don't work, you work for other companies add resources to you, but you are self-employed. How long have you been in that vein of being self-employed out of the 40 years of, of work history you have? 40 years. Over 40, 40 years. years. So, never, so you never really got a nine to five job. It was, it was in, a very short time. Short time. Short okay. Time. Okay. Short time. Very. Okay. It, I had to get a, a job because I didn't know what, it, what it was to, to work for someone. It, 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 it helped me to realize I need to work for myself. Yeah, it didn't take long, did it? It, it didn't take long. Unfortunately, it took me a little longer than, than it should have. But And I used to teach business and things like that as well. But So becoming an entrepreneur, and we were talking the other day. I had some issues uh, we were trying to resolve. And we said that insurance industry as a whole is one of the first purveyors of the uh, multi-level marketing types business. Most people are not conscious of that understanding. Could you explain how that works with the override system? Well, life insurance is the largest, one of the largest industries in the world. Uh, and um, when I got started, I um, saw an ad in the paper because I was looking for freedom. And it, the ad read, um, freedom, own your own business. I think it was paying $10,000 and you become an insurance agent. And when I got into that um, industry uh, as a young man, I had a sales manager that taught me everything. And then I had a district manager. 
And then I had a vice president. And each layer made overrides on the agents. The agents were the foot soldiers. Managers were the ones that governed us. And then you had the district manager that saw everything. But each layer, everybody made an override on the person that went out and, and, and brought the business in. Right. And the good thing about it is you coming in the door, you had an opportunity to move up based on your numbers of sales. You could become the sales manager or the regional director as long as you continue to build exactly. and, and, and stabilize that business as well. Exactly. You know, that, exactly. that, that's where the multi-levels come in at. You know, we, we, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, that's a pyramid scheme. Or I don't want to get involved in things like that. But insurance, in my opinion, has perfected that model and is very successful because you mentioned that the insurance businesses, I mean, they make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. I make a lot of money. When you when you look at the, um, this is something I learned, was when you look at the buildings, the skyscrapers and things going up, those are the guys who fund those types of projects. That's right. Banks fund your house. But when it comes to a big building, million-dollar projects, the, the insurance companies, through their subsidiaries, they fund those type projects and they recoup the benefits from them. They And they fund people's pensions, big time pensions. Uh, people wonder how- Trust accounts. Trust accounts, that's right. Annuities. An annuities, exactly. Yes. Now, when you were with Prime America, it used to be called uh, AL Wims before that. AL Wims. You know, and I remember their tagline. Buy term and invest the difference. There it is. Buy term. Buy term and invest the difference. Yes, yes. And very successful in that arena. What made you get out of, because they changed the name to Prime America, what made you go totally, totally independent? Well, several things. Um, the main thing was um, I saw some some loopholes in the Prime America system in the sense of term insurance is great, but when you get older, term goes up much higher and uh, I, th I felt that people needed something permanent in their lives, final expense um, programs. So I diversified and, and started my own business in light of the experience that I had with Primerica. And then uh, there were some, some, some other issues I had. My mother was um, ill and uh, I had to back away in order to take care of her wanted to take care of her as a caregiver. So it was a blessing to um, have had the experience with Primerica and understanding the building aspect of, of business. But then it, it was a blessing to um, venture out, start my own practice. That's awesome. So insurance, being a primary moneymaker, being set up as a multi-level marketing business, would you recommend uh, millennials and young people in their 20s to get involved in insurance? Oh, no no question. I mean, I think that the insurance business, the industry, getting a license, first of all, most people don't realize that you have to have a state license to, to do business in the state of Virginia or in any state. You have to have an insurance license. And that's a very uh, challenging um, uh, test that you have to go through. And Taking that test, it opens your mind up to how much life is surrounded by insurance. I mean, and how much you don't know. How much you don't about know about money. Yeah. That, about money, yeah. That's that's what and, I learned. And the when number, I took it. the um, the 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 law of large numbers. 
Yes. Um, it's just amazing a lot of things that you don't know. What, what is the law of large numbers? I, I have an idea, but I just want you to explain what is that? What that well, the like. law of large numbers means that, that the more volume or the more people that you have, the more leverage that you have in, in borrowing and loaning money. Right. Okay. So. And also, also a part of that is, you know, from a business perspective, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but the larger numbers, let's say if you have 100,000 people paying you monthly $10. That's exactly. That's the law of large numbers exactly. as well. Exactly. So you don't need to get a lot of money, just get a lot of people that's right. paying a little bit. That's right. You know, that's why I like that principle of buy term and invest the difference. But from your perspective, you know, moving into the financial arena more, you're, you're actually coaching people from a perspective of looking at diversifying their income and making sure you have multiple streams of income versus just having the term insurance and, and the investment part. Because as we get older, the term goes away. That's right. The goal was to have the insurance, the investment increase, but if you're only paying $20, $30 into it, then, you know, your rate of return is going to be a lot slower versus somebody paying $500 or $1,000 into it. That's exactly right. I yeah. mean, um, the thing that I, I I like to start, I'm a basic kind of guy. I like to start at the basic. And the thing that intrigued me about insurance is the young man, my boss, first day I came in, he said, Mr. Cheatham, do you realize with the stroke of your pen, you can create an instant estate? And I'm like, wow. So pennies on a dollar is how insurance works. Um, for pennies, you can get dollars. And that's leverage. That's that's something that most people don't realize. They think you got to die. Well, we all got to go. We all got to die. But but if you play defense uh, first, before you start playing offense, making sure that, that your family is protected, regardless of if something happens to you. You know, life is uncertain and things happen. Yes. E even though you, you are young and you're vibrant, things can happen. You, you don't know. So why not play defense? Why not protect yourself? Why not make sure that your income is protected and if you don't come home, your family is protected. Your family will survive because the, one of the most important things that we don't realize is the loss of a breadwinner's income is so crucial in a family. It's Devastating. Very, it's very traumatic. And that's why, it's, you know, yes. when are looking at the quadrants of mental health, yes. it's because most people don't think about mind, body, spirit, and finances. Yes. You know, I, most people will stop at mind, body. Some people say mind, body, spirit. But if you have to look at all four of those quadrants of a person's life and deal with them, well, because if you're going to create generational wealth, that means it's got to live beyond you. Correct. That's right. I, I was just I had a, I saw a T-shirt one time. It says money is next to oxygen. You know, it's mm. so important. You got to have money just like you got to have oxygen in life. And so often we don't even think about breathing, though. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we don't think about the next breath, but we need to be intentional with self-care. And I, I'm going to keep re relaying that because a lot of times we don't equate mental health with financial health. But you have to put those two together. Well, a broke man is a very dangerous man. Yes. When you don't have food or shelter or the things that to survive you are very dangerous you are very vulnerable to anything and that's mental that's a that's a that's, 
I, I know one thing about, you say mental health. I don't know too much, but I know when my bank account is low and I have bills to pay, I am not a happy camper. Yes. But when that check comes in my account, I, I mean, my attitude changed so drastically. It's amazing how what a um, a couple hundred dollars in your account can do change your life to your mental state. Your mental state. That's yes, right. indeed. You know. Now, are you familiar with the uh, book um, "The Richest Man in Babylon"? I am. Okay. My favorite part of that book is I say they talk about the rules of gold, yes. and it's one of the things that I I try to teach people when it comes to the financial piece. Now, I've been teaching my children as well. Is Pay yourself first. Would you agree with that philosophy? Ten mm. percent. Man, pay yourself that's first. so powerful. I, I'm glad you you just brought up some things. Basic. Pay yourself first. Well, actually, you need to pay God first, and then yourself. Pay yourself first, and then God, you, and then your bills. It's my principle. Okay. You know. Okay. Because all things come from the source. Right. The, and, and, and right. if you don't have your health and strength, most people don't realize, no, I got to pay these bills first. Uh -huh. No, pay you first. Because if you ever, if you pay you, like you say, 10%, could be 5%, but just pay, put something in the cookie jar for you. Right. Because there is going to come a rainy day. It's going to come a drought. And you're going to look back and say, thank God I got something in that cookie jar. Right, for a rainy day. For a rainy day. I remember um, recently I'm working with a client now and um, taught her this principle in January. And from January to today, she has over $1,200 saved up. That's awesome. Just from paying herself first. Now, had she not understood the principle and applied it, that money, that $1,200 would have been spent. That's awesome. And and what what where the peace come from when you have principles, you live by principles. That's what we teach at Quadrant Family Services. Is when you deal with your mind, body, spirit, and finances. Is it's easier to say no to unimportant. You know, <laughs> do you really need to buy another car? Do you really need to go on that trip? Do you really need to go to that restaurant that's forty dollars a plate? That's so. You know, but when you have a goal and a purpose, or a goal, a purpose, and a deadline, then it's easier to say no. Man, you know what? That's you. You hitting hitting the nail right on the head because the most important thing in life is principles. You can principles are not waivable. They are found fundamental, foundational, and when you pay yourself first and and put something away, you you never never be broke. You always have something to fall back on. When you was just mentioned that, I had a little girl that was. Um, I always, when I go to see a client and I have children around, I always challenge them, um, especially with math. And if they answer my questions correctly, I'll give them a dollar, two dollars, sometimes five dollars. If they make a A's in their report card, maybe twenty dollars. But this particular girl, I gave her, I think, five dollars, and I said, now, if you give that back to me, I can make that money grow, give interest. And she looked at me like, uh-uh, I want to keep this this five dollars but after a little persuasion and explaining to her what what my intentions were i was teaching her how to how to take that money 
and invest it. I'm going to give her a little money every every month. I'm going to give her a little money. And now she's beginning to save on her own and, and beginning to put some money in the bank. And it's just an amazing thing when you teach those principles that you were talking about. Pay yourself first. Yes. Now, let me let me ask you a question. Going back to insurance, because I know you spent a lot of years in that industry and understanding the, the, the benefits of insurance. Let's say I live in the projects and just because I live in the projects don't mean I have project mentality. Amen. But is it possible for someone who starts there to get in, get an insurance license and become successful? Or do you need to start where you started with a master's degree (laughs) or, you know, a college degree? Can you start with project? I just had a high school education. Is it possible for me to get into this industry and become successful? As long as you can read and comprehend and take the exam that the state uh, has for you, you're in. So you don't need So a, from high school, you can, living you can, in the projects, yeah, it, it, I, can get a, I can get my insurance license, learn about money and how money works, and I can be successful. Because I know one of the things that they emphasize in the industry, and that's why the multi-level marketing piece is there, is the training, the mentorship. You do have someone that's going to walk you through. It's oh, not no like question. They just, you get your certificate and you just go out and start doing, you know, you have somebody that's going to actually sit down with you, show you how to do the paperwork, you, meet with people, teach you how the whole process, correct? Self-development. You, you have to have a mentor or a coach or someone to guide you through the process. And it is a process. And... When you say uh, projects or the ghetto, to me, that's all in your mind. I've seen some of the wealthiest people in the projects in the ghetto. They learn by example. They say, well, I'm here, but I don't have to stay here. But um, to answer your question directly, all you have to do in getting an insurance license is to have someone that cares about you, that can be able to um, help you to understand the concepts of insurance, life insurance, or any insurance, basically. But my my expertise is in life insurance. Even though with my master's degree, I failed the test a couple of times. So <laughs> you, it's not. Um, it's yeah. not. So with the degree, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. Basically, what you're saying is <laughs> is motivation and desire, desire, and the ability to comprehend and comprehend. move through the process. Now, what about if you have a person who Let's say want to change careers. Let's say they were in the mental health field and they just say, hey, I want to make more money. I want to learn more about money. I want to be able to help more people. Uh, Would you recommend insurance for anybody in that position as well? Most big companies nowadays have a aptitude test. They they test you to see if you have the qualities to um, deal with the various situations and in with people you got to have a lot of people skills you got to want to help people and serve so i forgot what you asked me but uh, people in people professional professional people can move into the insurance field as well yes that's so the aptitude test in fact a lot of uh, companies look for people that have experience background in 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 
people people skills. skills yeah you know yeah that's that's the key now now you know i have a daughter i would love for her to get into this field because i went through and i learned a lot when i was in there but you know she's very shy yeah i was know? definitely I, you know i was so, shy so too could, could you help a shy person come out <laughs> yes, of the closet yes and, i love it know, that i mean you hit them here yeah. you go again man i was a very um introvert actually i was i was i like people i like having fun but i was i was just afraid of, of talking to people and i was kind of an introvert uh-huh. and this industry this business definitely molded me and helped me to come out of that shell and to be more extrovert more caring um it helped me it grew me it it it, it, it brought me out just being around other people and emulating their actions and how they do you know uh it's like you said, it's desire, man. Yeah. It's desire. Give me an example of earning potential within the insurance industry as a person who may start off as, a, I'll say, a worker and we get to the level of regional director or vice president or, well, you know. I mean, what, what, what kind of money contracts, are we contracts in the insurance business varies starting from maybe 25% to 150%. Um, commission depends on how your experience is. Did you say a hundred and fifty cent? Hundred for fifty percent. Yes. Commission. Yes. That's okay. How that, is that possible? That's possible because of your experience. Possible because you bring to the table um, an agency or or a team of people. Possible because you have the leverage. You have the 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 the, the means of getting people to an uh, audience to to listen to you. So it all depends on the agency and the and the and the persons that's that's have the contract in hand and how well you you know how well your experience is, what's your expertise, how long have you been in the business? Uh, okay. But but um, most companies will start you off you know at a very moderate twenty five percent, thirty percent. But it can grow. It can grow. Oh yes. It can oh, grow. Yeah. Oh yes. Now, um, I see you have a book in front of you called the. Dream giver is reading a part of the process or program that you guys, as far as getting in the industry, or do y'all recommend people to read to help improve people's skills and things like that? Well, or is it all on the job training? Do I have to bang my head on the wall for a year or two? Or can I, I came read some into books? industry. And what's the uh, first book you read? Getting the in the first industry? book I read. Getting in the, the industry. The Magic of Thinking Big, The World's Greatest Salesman. Okay. Um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Zig Ziglar. I mean, uh, Success Magazine was one of the my favorite magazines when it came out. But when I came um, in the industry, one of the things that I knew that I needed to develop was self self improvement, self development of myself. I, I mean, no one had to tell me that. I just I just felt like the more I learned about confidence of myself and understanding human nature. I would be um, better, better in my craft. In fact, the first job that I had, my manager several times recognized me because I always had something to read. And most of the guys, they were old heads. They weren't reading. But I think everybody, I don't care what you're doing, you should read something about self-development, self-improvement, how to better yourself, understanding how money works. Um, you know, most people work for money instead of having having money work for them yes could you say that again <laughs> what most people work for money instead of having money work for them or even learning how, how to, to get money to work for them or or 
in this day and time, one of the things, my pet peeves, most people want to make money. And I say, learn before you earn. Yes. You must learn before you earn. Whatever industry or craft you're in, you have to learn it. So sometimes you have to volunteer or, or just to get around somebody. I was hungry. I was eager to be around successful people. And sometimes I would have my free time. I will just hang around because I wanted to learn. And once I learn, man. Then you can earn. Earn. And the good thing about that is no one can take that knowledge away from you. And the other thing before I got, I didn't know I was going to get any insurance. I had no idea what my life was going to be. All I knew, I wanted to be free. And I lived in Chesterfield County. And there was DuPonts. And there was the Bellwoods. There was the Ally Chemicals. And every every morning at 8 o'clock and afternoon at 4 o'clock, the whistle would blow. And all these people came out, rushing out on the highway. And I said, Lord, I want security. And I know those jobs have security, but I want security in a way that I don't have to hustle and bustle. I can work on my own time and on my own terms. So I don't, I just was a blessing that I got into the insurance business because um, it allowed me to have my freedom, my flexibility and my freedom for my time. And um, I wouldn't have been able to do the things I have done for my family if I didn't have that time. Most people don't have time. You you either have too much time and no money or a whole lot of or no time and a lot of money. I like to have a balance. And I think mental health, when it comes to mental health, life should be a balance. It shouldn't be all work or no time or all the time in the world, but broke. It should be a balance. Life is, it should be balanced. You're 100% correct about that it's unfortunate that um, a lot of people don't have that perspective and that's where the mental health that's where the stress stress comes in at. that's where the fear comes in at. that's where the trauma comes in is because we fail to do like you say work on yourself first you know people tell me i want to invest which i invest in i would say in yourself so, <laughs> it's and that is the end of episode 102 of quadrants of mental health I know you'd like to check out the rest of this episode, so go ahead and check out episode 103 of Quadrants of Mental Health.